Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Shoving Wilco podcast. I am your host, Todd Rossnagel. It is great to have you along with us. Before we begin today's episode, I just want to make sure that you are caught up on all of our episodes. We recently had a great conversation with Philip Mann. I really hope you get a chance to listen to that episode. If not, it's in the archives, and you can find it. And before Philip, we had an equally fantastic conversation with author and rock critic Greg Cott. His book, Learning How to Die, is a must-read for any Wilco fan, and I would go so far as to say that episode is a must-listen. So make sure you go back and listen to that episode. And of course, many other episodes, two of which are very similar to today's episode and that we are discussing something that you really have to see. And yet here we are on a podcast. Of course, we had two great episodes with Charles Harris, a professional photographer who has documented so many Wilco shows. I thank Charles once again for his time. We talked about his great photography. And today we are discussing Wilco posters. Again, something that you have to see. Our guest today is Matthew Fallert, and we'll get to him in just a minute. If you are a Wilco fan, it is highly likely that you have a few Wilco posters. They are a staple of any live Wilco show. Invariably, you will find yourself at the merch tent checking out the poster for that night's show and trying to figure out a way how you can get it home without bending it. And if you're like me, you have multiple Wilco posters, and you have them all over the place, right? Your living room, your office, maybe even your garage. They are more than just a reminder of the show you attended. They are also pieces of art. Matt has designed dozens of Wilco posters. In fact, Jeff Tweedy wrote the foreword to his book, The Silent P is for poster. We'll leave a link to the book and a special just for our shoving Wilco listeners. We'll leave all that information in the show notes and tell you all about it here in a moment. Matt has been making posters for over 20 years from his shop in Asheville, North Carolina. Some of his clients include the Black Keys, Eric Church, Spoon, Ben Harper, and so many more, including, of course, Wilco. In fact, Wilco is the first band that Matt lists on his list of clients, so I bet he's a big fan of Wilco. He joins us now from his studio in Asheville, North Carolina, with a Wilco t-shirt on and Wilco posters behind him. Matt, welcome to the Shoving Wilco podcast. Thank you so much, Todd. That was a beautiful introduction. I think we should just end there. <laughs> Sorry, no, well, no, no, no. I, I, I appreciate that. Um, it, it, you, you are a phenomenal artist, and I cannot wait to dive a little deeper into uh, your art and the process behind your art. Um, you know, but as we mentioned, um, uh, I, I'm willing to bet that you're a fan of Wilco. Absolutely true. Yeah, no, no doubt. The top. Uh, gosh, I would say probably top five, maybe even top three for me of of bands. Uh, it's funny, my older brother and I just recently did this thing where we listed our top 10 bands. And uh, yeah, definitely Wilco uh, made the list pretty easily for me. 
So what is it about Wilco that you love so much? I mean, this is a band that has been making music for almost 30 years now. Um, and, you know, you have been designing posters, and we'll get to that in a moment for them for so many years. And, and their sound has evolved. Uh, the band itself has evolved. What mm-hmm. is it that you love so much about Wilco? There's there's a lot uh, that I love. I think the, the big takeaway for me is that... Um, you know every release is going to be uh solid and enjoyable mm. and slightly different right than the last yeah. Yeah. Uh, even on the same album there's there's uh some just a beautiful variety of instrumentation and creativity from Jeff and the guys so i to me it's a little bit what makes the art world cool is that it's um filled with all sorts of styles that everyone can enjoy there's something in there that you can take away and enjoy. And I like, I like the not knowing always what the release is going to be. Cruel Country, as an example. Um, just the variety that those guys bring to the table has always been super enjoyable. And it's a band to me that, I mean, I somewhat in preparation, it's not an unusual week for me to throw on some Wilco, but I really, you know, listened to quite a bit this week. And it was just such a nice reminder of um, just the, amazing body of work that they've that jeff and the guys have put together um but yeah i think summer teeth was the first album that i listened to and i think that was another uh big brother cd borrow i dreamed about killing you again last night and it felt all right to me and then i think i think from that album i just kind of reverse engineered uh jeff's musical journey from there i mean it you know i got into sunvolt and uncle tupelo uh, and then eventually golden smog even loose fur just everything but summer teeth was the intro which was pretty sweet well that's a phenomenal album to have as a as an intro no into doubt. the world of wilco um all right so as i mentioned off the top of the show we are talking about your posters. Uh, you are an artist, and it's going to be very difficult to talk about posters on a podcast, but I think we can do it. Um, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to leave photos of some of the posters that we talk about on the show notes. So if you're listening, know that we're going to do our level best to have photos of the posters that we talk about. Um, but Matt, uh, let's let's start with your story. How did you start designing posters, uh, specifically uh, posters for concerts? Yeah, I've just I've always been a music nerd. Uh, I think my mom has footage of me rocking back and forth as a little baby to I forget what the song was, but um, so yeah, early beginnings of just appreciating and loving uh, the art of music, and then. My dad uh, owned an ad agency and uh, was an artist and designer himself. And so both my brother and I grew up in that creative world. And so both of us uh, currently are doing that for a living. Um, We're both graphic designers and art directors. And then just loving looking through the design annuals and seeing the work of guys like Milton Glaser and Saul Bass, all these super, you know, famous designers that did amazing work in the poster movie poster world. Mm. Um, that kind of ha- was always with me. I just always loved seeing those promotions for 
bands and music. I'm like, how can I, you know, is there a, a way to get into that? And then stumbled upon uh, gigposters.com. Uh, it's not what it, it's not what it is. I would not encourage folks to go to that address now. It's owned <laughs> by someone different, but back in the, the heyday of gigposters.com run by Clay Hayes, uh, that place was just incredible because you had the work of studios like uh, aesthetic apparatus out of Minneapolis that I've always been a fan of, um, heads of state, another big influence, methane studios, guys like Justin Helton and Todd Slater, that gig poster scene was something pretty dang special back in the day, pre Facebook. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, um, yeah, so that was really what specifically, um, kind of introed posters for Wilco. I'm like, gosh, these guys do such cool work and they're, Clearly, they're letting the artist do what pretty much the artist um, wants to do. Um, How did you start designing for Wilco? What was your uh, what was your first poster, and what show was it? Um, talk me through how you made contact with the band, or may, or maybe how the band found you. Yeah, no, it was definitely me reaching out to to them. Uh, the The old Wilco website, I guess it still does to this day, but you can. I think there was a contact specifically for management uh, back in the day on there and when it was Tony Margarita and then uh, Ben Levin was the uh, manager that reached back out to me. And um, yeah, it was, it was purely find them online, right? Uh, yeah. Write a short email and say, hey, I'm, I'm Matt. I, I love Wilco. I'm an artist. I do some graphic design. And pretty much, and to this day, I feel like Wilco has kept that um, goal. They just always kind of are willing to give somebody a chance. Let's see what they can do, which is super cool. Um, so that's that, great. yeah, that's pretty much how it came to me. He just wrote and said, yeah, send us, show us what you got basically. <laughs> um, so I just sent like, you know, two or three made up, uh, designs. Um, and that was back in 2006, I believe, or 2007. So uh, the first poster, let me think about that. I think the very first poster was for a show in Charlotte. Uh, mm. So it was kind of a North Carolina connection from the beginning, which is cool. And that was at Ovens Auditorium. And I'm embarrassed to say I took that <laughs> venue name, Ovens Auditorium, and then did this huge image of an old stove, kind of like the art you see in old Sears catalogs. Yeah. And then the stove was open and there sits cooling on the, the grate was a baked loaf spelling out Wilco and slices of bread still steaming. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, that one was printed by Steve Horvath. Uh, and I still think I'm pretty sure DNL screen printing out in Seattle um, did that at the time. I don't know where he's at the, at the moment, but he was. I always kind of loved working uh, hand in hand with the printers because uh, I always farmed out printing. I had worked in screen printing, but at that point, my space was so limited. I just kind of farmed everything out and continued to do that. Well, that first poster design that you just uh, spoke of uh, yeah. is an example of how your work is based on, in some cases, it's based on the location of the tour stop. But I also get the sense that you, as an artist, try to also capture the spirit of Wilco's music at the time, um, which we know spans a wide range of styles and emotions. So I, I guess the question is, how do you approach capturing the essence of the sound of Wilco and the essence of the city 
in your poster designs. Um, it's a roundabout yeah. way of saying, how do you do your work? Yeah. <laughs> How do I kind of how do I explain creativity, right? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's challenging. Um, yeah, I mean the location is uh, typically a point of inspiration for sure. I think Wilco is smart in doing that, just kind of encouraging that as a starting point. If the area is known for something that uh, Wilco fans in that city or state would love to see, then um, it's it's a great place to start if it can be done in a, a cool, unique way and then um yeah capturing the essence is definitely uh, yeah that's a tricky one i mean i definitely listen as i design and um certainly specific lyrics of jeff's have absolutely inspired um concepts um and that's you know it some way connects visually with wilco um yeah it's hard to it's hard to explain how every time but yeah. Um, yeah, I know side with the seeds, I can kind of remember a poster that had, gosh, this goes back to, it's a horizontal layout with, um, a bunch of dandelions in a far left field. And then there's one that's kind of being blown where the dandelion seeds are floating. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a human figure kind of in amongst that. So that was kind of, I think, born of a specific, right? Specific Wilco song. But other times it's pretty um, abstract for sure. I think a good example of working with the city uh, or working the city into a design, uh, and there's multiple examples of this, but there's a there's a St. Louis show in 2011 where the O for Wilco is in the shape of the reflected St. Louis arch. Uh, talk to me about that poster. Yeah. Yeah. That was one. Um, and I do this to crystal often. She has to, <laughs> crystal has to have patience and a good, uh, mind's eye. Cause a lot of times it's like, it's simply just a thumbnail sketch. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if yeah. I, yeah. If I get an idea, um, I'll just sketch it out pretty crudely. And back in the day I would scan it. Now I just take a picture of it and send it to crystal. And I think in that case the st louis arch was just that thing i just had this visual I'm like oh man that would be kind of fun to just figure out a way to um make the arch spell wilco so i think the the remainder of the letter form is in the reflection of the water yeah, yeah. Uh, near the yep near the arch and i think that that's a case where that one sold out at the show which was always i mean it's always nice to hear that from andy their awesome merchandise uh, manager um, which you never know how they're going to go, but yeah, that one seemed to seem to do quite well. Um, which is great. It's, yeah, it's fun to work that stuff in. I, I enjoy, enjoy doing that. You also design with the venue in mind. Uh, there's a series of posters that you designed for Wilco's incredible shrinking tour. Uh, I think that was the same year, 2011. Hmm. Um, and all shows in Chicago were at different venues, uh, the Vic, Lincoln Hall, um, the Metro. Um, talk to me about what went into the design of those particular posters. Yeah, that was such a fun one to to get uh, the nod to do. All, that was all, a all the all the, uh, the 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 venues were represented in different posters, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. So we really hear it out on uh, or focused in or hear it in on the the venues on those, and I think the the building or some architectural aspect was printed in gold metallic and then mm. 
other aspects, whether it be like a pattern on the wall or some upholstery, all that was done with what's called flocking. So all the red was this velvety um, material that you can actually feel on the poster tactile. So it was kind of tricky to know that people want to ultimately frame them behind glass, but you won't really yeah. be able to feel that, but it's still kind of visual. You definitely see it uh, with the right kind of lighting as well. But uh, yeah, that was a collaboration with Ben Levin back in the day. We um, worked with uh, Dan McAdam of Crosshair out of Chicago, an awesome Chicago-based printer that uh, he too works with Wilco every year and prints prints a bunch of stuff. He printed, gosh, Dan has done a lot of a lot of my posters. He did the one with the ship in the bottle, I think, was a, was a crosshair print. I have one set uh, in my personal archive. I've got one full set of that um, on hand, and I'm always asked, you know, would you, would you sell it? And I'm like, I would, but you're not going to want to hear what I would sell it for. <laughs> and then there are some that are just void of all place altogether, and, and city, for that matter, altogether. Um, some that I find interesting, and, and again, for our, our listeners at home, this is difficult because you can't see what I'm talking about. Big-time Wilco fans will probably know some of these, and they're in the book, by the way, and, and we'll, of course, leave a, a link to his fantastic book um, in, in the show notes, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But the Skeleton Arm and Finger, it's an orange poster from Savannah, Georgia, back in 2010. What a design. I absolutely love that. What went into that one? Thanks, Todd. Yeah, that's, I think, one of those cases where it's a little, it may not be a, an immediate reference but for some reason savannah to me just always has that gothic yeah yeah okay right that garden yeah. of good and evil uh environment and and feel so that's kind of what inspired that it was I, it was kind of sent on a whim i'm like i wonder if this will get approved <laughs> <laughs> lo and behold it did but yeah that one that one sold really well um as well yep the Tempe, Arizona show in 2012. And of course, I'm listing. These are my personal favorites. I know the listeners at home have their own favorites. But the Tempe, Arizona show in 2012, the three feathers, just the way it was designed, it's just absolutely beautiful. Oh, that's nice to hear. I'm glad it landed and and uh, that you liked it. Yeah, that was kind of, um, you know, it's tricky territory. I wanted to kind of do a nod to the Native American history Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. in that region. So either the three feathers were kind of also a, a subtle way to spell that W letter form. There, I think I always try to work in some, if I can, a creative way of getting the band's name, or if if nothing else, then just the letter W in there. Now the Fayetteville, Arkansas show in 2012. That looks like kudzu. Is you it kudzu, correct. Matt? It you is are correct. Yes. <laughs> That is kudzu, and that's actually um, a photo that I took, which does not happen uh, very often as far as what makes it into my posters. There's maybe one or two. I think the Baltimore show has an old picture of me as a kid because it has all these random <laughs> these random scanned and halftone images, and I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to sneak a photo of me in here. There you go. That's so awesome. I am in there as a child. And then uh, the kudzu was just a picture I snapped. I'm a huge REM fan, and the cover for Murmur, that cover of kudzu has always kind of just been in my subconscious and in my conscious for that matter. So yeah, that was kind of a nod to to that, I guess, in a way. 
Yeah, yeah. A nod to kudzu. Um, yeah. There, there you go. <laughs> a <laughs> nod to an invasive species. <laughs> that's right. Kudzu is good for something. And that yeah. is a Wilco poster. Yeah. Um, maybe one of my favorites, the New Orleans show at the Orpheum Theater, uh, the multiple butterflies on French paper. Just uh, is, is that right? French paper? Did I read that right in your book? Some sort yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So French paper company out of Michigan. They're probably the main source of most of the the actual poster stock that you're holding when you buy a poster nine times out of 10, it's either Cougar or French paper company for sure. Another one of my favorites is the new Orleans show with the river. Mm -hmm. And, and, and just that, that nod to the Crescent city. Yeah, that was, um, I think we had a couple other ideas prior to this one and I'm a big fan. I don't want to give away sources, but there are some really great, places to find archival material that yeah you know is public domain and anybody can use them that was i think one of those cases where i found this just really cool old hand detailed map and i think this was post katrina so i kind of i mean it is a little dark it's a dark uh, tone uh, just given the coloring and just what happened with uh, Katrina, but yeah, I mean, I, that's probably one of my faves as well. It's, it's really, you know, my hope was that it would be memorable and impactful and definitely loved how that one came out. Do you ever think Matt about the fan base when you design a poster? Um, you know, Wilco has such a dedicated fan base that deeply appreciates the band and everything associated with the band. I guess the question is, how do you ensure that you're designs resonate with both the diehard fans and perhaps those who might be new to the band's music. I guess that's in the back of my head, but I mean, I am the fan base. I feel like yeah, very <laughs> great answer. Great answer. Yeah. So, um, I don't really approach it specifically like what are fans going to like? It's kind of not that I'm equating what I do with what Jeff creates, but I'm sure if Jeff sat down and said, what are, what are Wilco clients or fans going to <laughs> like, right? We'd have a right. lot, of um different wilco albums uh less interesting i think so i think yeah it's less focus about that and just you don't want to limit creativity so it's um i mean i've had both happen fans love the artwork and then fans don't like it the very next time um it's like reading <laughs> it's kind of like reading the fans reviews of songs new songs on shot in the arm uh, facebook page <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's pretty uh there's a good variety of, of fans and they're they are uh an awesome I overall I've I've enjoyed those interactions I've had with the Wilco fans that that reach out to me. But yeah, I don't necessarily I wouldn't say I think to myself, how can I please the fans with with this? And I probably don't because like I said, I am the fan base, so I kind of feel like that's you know, I approach it with if I'm going to like it, I would I would hope that the average Wilco fan would like it too. Yeah, I get the sense that you produce what you would consume. In other words, you're going to design something that you would want to hang on your wall. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I think that's true. Although uh, in my studio, I probably have more work of other artists than my own. I think that's kind of probably true of a lot of poster guys. Uh, at least it is with me. Um, but yeah, I think Wilco fans are some of the nicest, most considerate, cool customers I've had contact with either in person, like at solid sound. If I've met, 
uh, some of you guys there. We've, I think we've been, my wife and I've been to every one of those except one. Um, it's a, it's a different story with other bands and their, their poster fans. I have a fish story I can tell, or we can just not <laughs> tell it. <Todd. laughs> it sounds like a great story. I would love to hear it. <laughs> so the one, uh, I think I've, I ended up doing a lot more work for Trey Anastasio and other members of fish than I did fish. So I did one fish poster uh, for a concert they did years ago in Hershey, Pennsylvania. So obviously we, we had fun with the chocolate tie in. Yeah. Yeah. But boy, I, that is a poster that literally, I think espresso beans, the poster site that I believe is still a thing still out there for people that want to collect and either find hard to find posters or sell posters. Um, the comments that were there were some of the most, <laughs> I mean, colorful, I guess I'll say to be nice. It, I mean, I had, I had fish fans reach out to me directly through email to say how much they loathed and hated that poster. So I think what's the quote from, I've got it here in my notepad actually for, for our inner office work, Tinker, what is the guy's name? Tinker Hatfield. He, I think he was a Nike design, uh, Nike shoe designer. His quote is, and I love this, if people don't either love or hate your work, you just haven't done all that much. <laughs> wow. There you go. There you go. So that's kind of where I ended up there. So, but yeah, that overall, I mean, I've, I've never had that, that, uh, I guess, violent of a reaction from any Wilco fans. <laughs> thank goodness. They're all pretty chill. Yes. Anyway. Well, let's talk on. for, yeah, <laughs> let's talk for a moment, Matt, about your book, uh, The Silent P is for poster and if you've seen the the title for uh, this particular podcast you'll see that matt has an interesting spelling of his last name um, and so it's a little bit of a play there the book is just absolutely fantastic specifically i want to talk about the amazing foreword that jeff wrote for you he yeah. said this he said books like this are as close as one can get to the solid evidence that we all crave the proof that what happens when we create is beyond the scope of the individual work. He goes on to say, one cannot create without creating other creators. That is something I've said before and is something that I deeply believe I need to believe it because it gives me hope. Matt, that is high praise for your work, but also praise for the creative process in general. So aside from being completely blown away that Jeff even wrote a forward to your book, what are your thoughts on what he says there? Does the art of Wilco inspire you to create? Yeah, absolutely agree with Jeff and was kind of blown away that that answer came back. Yes. Um, but as far as that terminology and that feeling i i definitely agree with that that's there's a correlation between the art that jeff and wilco creates and that certainly has inspired in my case at least for sure the the art that then gets created for them it's kind of yeah. a symbiotic pretty symbiotic relationship there i would say um i can't tell you how many times you know i'm 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 in my office at work recording this and um there are Wilco posters up in my office. There's Wilco posters in my house. And 
There's Wilco album covers and the art that surrounds the thing that I love then gets poured into the other things that I create, uh, whether it be photography or videography or even written words. I mean, it just, it permeates everything that we are as creators. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly, probably in ways that we don't even, you know, consciously realize. I'm sure creativity is really kind of elusive and interesting in that way. And I love how Jeff writes about creativity. I'm looking forward to the, uh, the new one world within a song, but his prior books, just how to write one song and just all that stuff, his thoughts on, again, just how, if you're putting something out into the world, you may not think it's great. And I certainly have felt that for, you know, my own stuff. I, I struggle with that imposter syndrome that a lot of creatives do and I'm no exception. Uh, so yeah, when he, yep. When he says words like that and sentiments like that, I could not agree more. And uh, just a beautiful, I mean, I read, I think when Crystal sent the forward, I read it three times and was just <laughs> couldn't believe I was sitting, you know, reading Jeff's words for my book. It's pretty, it was pretty cool. And I think the timing for him was really challenging. He's always writing, um, of course, either in one form or another for a book or for for music and songs. But I think it hit because this book for me was uh, like many folks, a, a COVID project. I was like, all right, well, I've got some downtime because no one is touring. Um, I should just start to try to at least just collect it for me and see if it comes together in an interesting way. And I think Jeff was either possibly writing the stuff that is now Cousin and his new book. So it was, it was a process. Like we probably, it was at least two years from from getting the yes to then just designing the book and then leaving, you know, obviously the nice thing about a forward is you can just add pages. So <laughs> that's right. So yeah. tell folks at home a little bit about the book. It is a collection of your of your work for not only Wilco but for other bands. It's um, a collection of your work on pages, and there's also stories that are associated uh, with some of those posters and and a, and a little history of what went into some of the designs, right? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to make it too wordy because it's obviously all about the visuals, but it does cover, uh, gosh, from 2000, I think I guess seven to, I kept adding pages because it just, it wouldn't end. So I'm like, all right, well, I got to just, I just got to call this done, but it goes up to probably as recently as 2021 possibly. But yeah, it's just every poster mostly music there are some for film festivals and things like that but um yeah there's some print production for you print nerds out there just some uh, notes on how certain ones were accomplished and achieved on press and then just some humorous stories and uh what's the word tidbits just being in the uh, limited realm of the music world i'm in it's it's been entertaining to say the least as far as some of the crazy things that have happened related to getting posters done i think quickly there's one poster story that at the time it was a heartbreaker but it ended up being really cool so we had done um a poster for chart for uh, charleston actually a show that wilco was set to do in charleston south carolina and it was approved printed and ready to go i forget how many like three four hundred posters 
And then the manager wrote back and said, oh, Matt, you're not going to believe it. We're going to have to pull out of this date. And as you know, that never happens uh, with Wilco. It's pretty dang rare uh, because they got invited to play Saturday Night Live. And so, uh, you know, I totally understood, but it was like, oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) But I think we made uh, just a bunch of interesting collectible cards for fans and just made them into drawing pads. And so there's like chunks of that Wilco poster in among those. But um, yeah, that was one of those. I'm so, you know, happy for the band. And it was so cool to see them on SNL that night. Yeah, that's great. Well, uh, we are pleased to offer the Shoving Wilco listeners a special 25% off sale of any Wilco poster and copies of the book. The code at checkout is shoving Wilco, all one word. Matt, thank you for doing that. That That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. We'll leave a link in the show notes. And, uh, and so, yeah, uh, code at checkout, uh, shoving Wilco. Um, Matt, with the, the rise of digital media, um, how do you think the role of physical posters and actually having a, a poster and a tube that you got, you got to put it in before you go home um, yeah. in promoting concerts and events, how, how do you think that's evolved? I guess what I'm asking is um, the, the qualities, the unique qualities that physical pro- posters uh, bring to the table. Yeah, that that uh, I forgot who said it, but the statement print is dead, right? When the yeah, internet I mean, came to being, it's it's funny how that's been proven completely false. Uh, I think if anything, people are more drawn to something tactile that they can hold on to that absolutely. feels right, that feels uh, toothy, or that they can see the ink on the paper. Um, yeah, it's been interesting to just. I think the difference to me personally is, I just don't get the same feeling that you get holding or looking at a framed work of art uh, overlooking at the same exact image on a phone screen or tablet. I just get a a bit of a disconnect happens for me anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, And I think the poster fans, those are the guys out there. I would put myself in that group. Um, That says all we need to know that that scene is as strong as it's ever been. I mean, it's, it's really cool that people are still wanting that keepsake you know, you you don't really frame a JPEG, right? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody really collects JPEGs of every poster made. Not that I, not that I know of anyway. Um, so yeah, I mean, no one says, come look at my, my digital files. It's like, check out this framed, you know, artwork here or uh, something, a painting, any, anything that is, is more physical in nature that you can appreciate in person. So thankfully that's still, that's part of the human experience. I think, I don't think that's going away. I think digital media obviously is, is here to stay as well, but it's kind of cool that, like I said, it's kind of created this return to, I want something I can actually hold and, and look at in person and, and not uh, look at through a bright screen, just, you know, some piece of artwork in some form or another. Yeah. Yeah. So let's look ahead, Matt. What are some uh, exciting projects or, um, things that you're working on, maybe even in collaboration with Wilco. Yeah. I mean, it is always the the hope for uh, future work uh, as a freelancer. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I, I'm super excited for um, the new album cousins. I think it's going to be pretty dang interesting. Um, the, the reviews I kind of have 
personally not read a lot because I want to just listen to it first. But um, I think what that album is going to inspire creatively is exciting for me to see what other poster artists are going to come up with, what inspires them. All right, so um, so Matt, we play this silly little game here on the podcast, um, and I'm sure you've hopefully you've you've heard this in previous episodes of the Shoving Wilco podcast. This silly little game of start bench cut. Hmm. Um, so I'm gonna put you on the spot here. What's your start bench cut of Wilco albums? Uh, the the starter is the album that you just absolutely love. The bench album is the one that maybe is a little under the radar um, that you, that has a soft spot in your heart, uh, and then the album that you you just you know maybe you don't pull it out as much. Yeah, this is definitely a challenge because wow. Remember, a perfectly <laughs> acceptable answer is I'm not playing this silly little game. <laughs> no, it's fun. Um, I don't know if I'll be allowed to have two, but I think favorite album. I tend to go with a ghost is born um so that's I my were, i, I guess thought you were gonna go summer teeth you know you you you, you, yeah. you indicated that summer summer teeth was how you got into it but <laughs> you know yeah ghost is born is phenomenal when i sat down on the bed next to you started to cry I think I find myself going back to that one yeah yeah pretty often enough and then I, I would say the uh, it's starter bench and cut wow for me personally I'm I'm probably guilty of not giving ode to joy as much chance as I as I should be so that probably is my is my bench <laughs> And then a cut. Oh yeah, yo. I might switch it up. I might, <laughs> I might cut Ode to Joy and bench um, maybe Schmilko. There is no right answer. There is no right answer. And again, as we have said many times, it's a silly little game. Well, Matt, this has been absolutely fantastic to talk to you um i cannot wait to see what's next in your world uh just as much as i can't wait to see what's next with wilco as we're recording this uh we're a few weeks out from cousin making uh its debut uh, as the 13th album for wilco and uh matt this has been just so so fantastic i really really love your work i love the book we'll leave a, a link to it in the show notes and Thanks again for taking time out of your your very busy schedule to talk to us here on the Shoving Wilco podcast. Thanks, Todd. I have enjoyed it, and uh, thank you for the opportunity, man. Our thanks again to Matt for his time and his stories. Don't forget... 
all of you out there, if you are a Shoving Wilco listener, you get a special 25% off sale of any Wilco poster and a copy of his book. The code at checkout is Shoving Wilco, all one word. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, have a great day, everyone. <laughs>